Merrimack Bakehouse has a bunch of exciting events coming up, including a craft fair at Washington Union Alliance Church in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, on this Saturday, March 26th, from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Also, Standing Chimney is open the first Saturday of every month from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You can find more information on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash standingchimney. Hello and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Today we're back to cakes. I know we took a little break there. We're right back in them. I didn't want to, you know, being as it's a year of the cake, I didn't want to take off too much time from a cake podcast. So today we're going to give you a classic. This is a classic recipe from the 60s. This is a recipe for homemade snack cakes. I went generic with the name because what they really are is homemade devil dogs. But we have three flavors of them because I found a recipe online for a a different flavor. And then I tried a different flavor on my own. And I was able to figure out the original devil dogs recipe. And uh, so now we have everything. We have it all. So you, yes, you can make your very own cream-filled snack cakes that are better than anything. They're better than anything you'd ever buy. They're really good because, believe me, I've eaten a lot of them in the past two months. More than I'm willing to confess that I have eaten. I did not give up cake for Lent for obvious reasons. (laughs) So, if you've never had a homemade devil dog, if you're in my age group, which I won't say what my age group is, but it was very common for these to be made for lunchbox treats for working people stick in your lunchbox. They travel really well. They're, they're actually, um, it's a pretty simple recipe. You cut them and wrap them in plastic wrap individually and you can keep them in the refrigerator or freeze them and use them as lunchbox treats. My mother-in-law and my sister-in-law used to make them all the time for my father-in-law and my brother-in-law to take in their lunches. I can remember actually having some of my sister-in-law's one time. She made a bunch of them and she had actually given me the recipe and I, the icing was a total flop because I think, well, there was a period in my life when I didn't even know how to cook anything. So, (laughs) but I I wasn't able, they didn't come out good. And I thought, Hey, I'm not never making these again. Forget it. So I couldn't remember how to do it. And I'm not even sure if this is exactly how her recipe was, but this is real simple. And this comes from an era where this is a popular method. I don't know why it must've been, it's probably a big promotion by Jell-O or something like that, that got all this started anyway. Oh, Jell-O sponsored like everything. So it probably was like, right. Nestle always has a recipe for chocolate chip cookies on the back of the chocolate chip bag. Right. And to tell us, I could not even find, I have a lot of cookbooks. And when I say I have a lot of cookbooks, I have an embarrassingly huge amount of cookbooks. cookbooks And I only found one devil's food cake recipe in all of my cookbooks. So we're going to do that as, as another podcast because the, that's what devil dogs are is devil's food cake with a cream filling 
it's a little bit more than just Devil's Food Cake. And but... you see them like in the grocery store every yeah. so often. Um, I, I don't know if it's uh, Little Debbie or Hostess, but there's some snack cake manufacturer that makes Devil Dogs yeah, as de- well. Devil Dogs, well, we're going to go into that. But yeah, what a Devil Dog is, it is just chocolate or it's Devil's Food Cake, which is a very dark chocolate cake. It's Devil's Food Cake with... Like we talked about when we did the red velvet cake recipe, it's the ermine icing, the boiled milk slash ermine icing in the middle. It's a whipped, sort of tastes like whipped cream in the middle of two chocolate cakes. They're usually not coated with anything on the outside, except for the original Devil Dogs are now coming dipped in chocolate. So just so anybody should know this, everybody should know this. I haven't seen the original Devil Dogs around our area, Western Pennsylvania, since I was a kid. So I don't know if they are sold in Western Pennsylvania, but here's the story. In 1926, the Drake Baking Company started making Devil Dogs. So this Drake Baking Company opened in 1896 in Harlem. Then they expanded to another bakery in Brooklyn. They expanded to another bakery in Boston. They So they're very much East Coast, I think even in New Jersey. And they started making, first they made these cakes. What they would do is they would sell like an enormous cake to a grocery store or retail bakery or something like that. And then they could in turn cut that into pieces and sell it. So that was one thing they did. And then they they started making these lunch size devil dogs or personal size devil dogs. And they packaged them in a little package. In 1926, they sold for a nickel. And they were basically the chocolate devil's food cake with the ermine icing in the middle. Very good shelf life on them because the milk is boiled and there's a significant amount of sugar in them. So nothing's going to spoil really. The uh, Drake Baking Company is also responsible for creating Ring Dings, which Hostess made a copy of and called Ding Dongs. And then the 1962, they came out with Yodels, which also became the classic Ho-Hos or Swiss Rolls, as they're sometimes called. And uh, so the Drake Baking Company was bought by a very familiar company to us that's near and dear to our heart. Little Debbie, the company that owns Little Debbie is McKee Foods, and McKee Foods bought uh, the Drake Baking Company, and they still make Drake's Devil Dogs, and those, their line of stuff, in addition to Little Debbie's stuff, Little Debbie has Devil Creams, okay? We don't get those real often where we live. Every once in a while, it's very rare that we'll have Devil Creams, but same thing, Devil's Food Cake with a Filling. Hostess makes the Susie Q's that are there around. These things are, it's so funny because they've come and gone, you know, like Hostess made Susie Q's, then they quit making Susie Q's. Then people complained, the Susie Q people complained because they love them so much. So they started making them again. And as far as I know, Drake's have always made the devil dogs and uh, little Debbie has, you know, they make all kinds of things. So, the Hostess Suzy Q's came out in 61. They were very popular. Then you had Nichols Bakery, which is based in Ohio, central Ohio. Nichols also made similar things. Nichols had the fabulous banana flip that you might remember. They discontinued those in the uh, middle 2000s because they weren't super popular. 
but they were super popular with a certain group of people. And the banana flip was basically a, a uh, six inch round, very thin banana cake with a cream filling in the middle. And it was banana flavored cream filling. And those were hugely popular. And then we have the Twinkie, the ever popular Twinkie. They were created in 1930 by a baker for the Continental Baking Company. And of course, you know, Twinkies, that's the big hostess treat, you know. I think out of all of the ones that you've listed, that's the one that everybody would know. Yes. It's like not a regional one. Yeah. So what we're going to do today, our homemade snack cake recipe covers devil dogs and banana flips and Twinkies. So you will be able to make your own way better than you get in the package snack cakes that are fantastic. And I am not like an enormous banana fan, but the banana, the banana ones are good. They're very good. So the recipe is the same for all three of these products that you will be making. So it's, it's pretty simple. And this uses a boxed cake mix and a box of pudding in it. So it's, it's fairly simple. Putting it together, the assembly is tricky. That's really the only thing. But in my opinion, I broke one as I was assembling it and I'm, you know, no flavor, no flavor leaked out. It was still delicious. (laughs) Well, and you're cutting them into slices anyway. So it's not like it's not like you're serving a entire cake where if it breaks, it's a big deal. Right. You're cutting and, it anyway. And the cake part of these are very, very tender. They are extremely tender. They're very moist. You got to kind of be careful when you're moving them around, but they're very good. And this, like I said, this technique was super popular in the 60s, possibly in the 50s. But I remember these things. I remember them from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and probably in the 80s, not very many people were making them, but I still got them every once in a while then. So here we go. Homemade snack cakes. You'll need a regular size box of cake mix. So if you're going to make the devil dogs, you want a devil's food cake mix. If you're going to make the banana you'll need a banana cake mix. And if you're going to make the Twinkies, you need a yellow cake mix. Regular old yellow, which is, you know how sometimes you call, like, you know, for um, Gatorade, color is a flavor. (laughs) Yellow is vanilla. So you'll need a yellow slash vanilla cake mix. Now you also need, so first you need your regular size box of cake mix, which is now, they fluctuate a little bit. So I didn't want to give you like a weight size, but they're usually around a one pound range, 16 ounce, 18 ounce in that range. You need a four serving size box of instant pudding. So that would be like, I think it's a three ounce box, not positive for every flavor, but it only makes four servings. So it's the smaller box of jello. So you have to coordinate the jello flavor to your cake mix. So, for example, if you're doing the devil's food cake mix, you want to have the regular chocolate or dark chocolate pudding to go with it. You don't have to use Jell-O brand pudding. You can use whatever brand pudding is convenient, but it does have to be instant, okay? And for the devil's food, you don't want to use milk chocolate pudding. You want to use like the regular chocolate, like Hershey's chocolate pudding is perfect for this. Or you can use the, um, I can't remember who makes it, but somebody makes a dark chocolate pudding. So with the devil dog, you're going to do the devil's food cake and the chocolate pudding. 
with the banana, you're going to use the banana cake mix and a box of banana pudding. And for the Twinkies, you're going to use the yellow cake mix and a box of vanilla pudding. Okay. So that's your first two ingredients. You're also going to need three fourths cup of canola oil, four eggs beaten, three fourths cup of milk, a nine by 13 pan, shortening and wax paper. So here's what you're going to do. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Now get your cake pan. You're going to grease it really well. Then you're going to cut a piece of wax paper to fit right in the bottom of your cake pan. It can go up the sides a little bit. Doesn't matter. Lay that piece of wax paper right down on your greased pan and then grease your wax paper and then put a tablespoon or two of flour into your pan and shake that all around to coat your pan really good. Dump out the excess. Now your pan is ready. Now for the cake. Pour the box of cake mix and the box of pudding mix into a large bowl. Take a whisk and mix those together really well because, you know, cake mix sometimes gets clumpy and you want to get that pudding really, really incorporated into the dry mix really well. So much easier. Now you're going to add your oil, your beaten eggs, and milk, and mix well with the whisk. I didn't even use a mixer on this. I just used the whisk. And stir that until the batter is nice and smooth, no lumps in it. Just stir it until it's nice and smooth. Once you get it to a nice, smooth consistency, pour that into your prepared pan, and then it's going to be a little thicker than a normal cake mix. So what I did was I, because the flour will sometimes move with your cake batter, I started at one end of the pan and I just moved slowly up the pan and scraped the bowl with a rubber scraper to kind of clean it out as I went. And it worked really well. Try to level it out as even as you can. Now you're going to put that in the oven and bake for 30 to 35 minutes. Depending upon the flavor, I think the banana took the longest to bake, if I remember correctly. The devil's food baked pretty quick, but I think the banana took took a little bit longer. But you want to, don't touch the cake. <laughs> I touched one of them and the, and the middle of it fell. So don't touch the cake. Be very careful with it. Bake it 30 to 35 minutes and test very carefully with a toothpick in the center to see if it's done. And it should loosen around the edges when it's done also. So once you have the cake baked, you're going to take it out of the oven and cool it on a rack for 15 minutes. Once the cake has cooled for 15 minutes, you're going to take a butter knife and go around the edges of the cake and the pan to release the cake. Make sure it's released the whole way around. And then take another cooling rack and hold your pan very carefully with oven mitts with the cooling rack pressed right to the pan and flip the cake out of it. If it doesn't fall right out, just let it sit there because it'll drop out. Once your cake drops out of the pan, very carefully remove that wax paper and then let your cake cool thoroughly. Now, what you want to do is get a paper towel and wipe your 9 by 13 pan out as clean as you can get it, but you don't have to wash it. I wouldn't even waste the time washing it. Just wipe it out, get the excess grease and any cake that's stuck in there out and set it aside because we're going to be reusing it for assembly. Once you put your cake in the oven, you can start making your ermine frosting. This frosting is 
It takes a long time to make. This is a great frosting, and I, I have to say that I think this is the perfect frosting for a red velvet cake. I 110% agree. It has a very nice flavor to it, a sweet vanilla flavor, very nice flavor, but it's not overpowering and it's not overly sweet. And the texture of it is very, very good. It does take a while to make, but it's really well worth it compared to, I'll tell you one thing, it doesn't fall. You whip this up and it looks like whipped cream, but it's very stable and it doesn't fall, which is why it makes such a great filling for snack cakes. So I think once you make this, because this is what I, I thought, I had not made it successfully before. <laughs> so this time I stuck to it. I did not give up and I stuck to it and it came out really good. It's also called a boiled milk frosting. So what you're going to do is you're going to cook milk and flour together to make a real thick base and let that cool. And then you're going to beat that into your other ingredients. So it's almost like a whipped cream sort of a thing, except it, it fluffs up. It's amazing. It, when your icing fluffs up, it's like a dense foundation to keep your icing real stable. So definitely this is the, you don't want to try and substitute anything for this frosting because this is the perfect frosting. It's not overly sweet and it's very stable. You don't have to refrigerate it. It's just really good. So here we go. You'll need three tablespoons of flour and one cup of whole milk. And a small, if you have a heavy bottom saucepan, that's perfect, small saucepan. What you're going to do is blend your milk and flour. I used, I have a small whisk, so that's what I used. Blend your milk and flour in your pan and heat that over medium heat. You have to stir this constantly because it will not get thick unless you take a break. And then all of a sudden, bang, it's getting thick. But if it does that, don't give up on it. Stir that up. Mine got real thick and clumpy, and I just stirred it out of it. I kept stirring it and stirring it until it smoothed back out again. So what you want to do is get it to where it starts to boil. When it gets to a boil, you want to stir that and keep it cooking for a few minutes. So like I would say this, like when you stop stirring it, it'll take a few seconds and then it'll just start bubbling again. That's what you want. And you want to keep cooking that. It'll get real thick like pudding, like actual pudding that has set. That's how thick you want it to be. Once it gets to that thickness, take it off the heat and I put it on a cooling rack. And what you want to do is take a piece of plastic wrap and set it right on top of that hot milk flour mixture so that it doesn't get a skin on it. If it does get a skin on it, don't worry because what you do it's, this is so funny, but if you take your whisk and just go right around the top, that skin will come right up with it and you just throw it away. It's just like a rubbery kind of a thing. But the plastic wrap will keep it from forming nine times out of ten, okay? If you start this process of cooking the flour and milk right when you put your cake in the oven, by the time the cake is cool, this will be cool. Then you can make your filling. You have to let the milk flour combination be, it has to be completely cool before you make your icing because it'll melt your other ingredients. So once that's cool, what you want to do is take a half a cup of shortening and a half cup of butter and one cup of regular white sugar and two teaspoons of vanilla and you will cream them in a bowl until they're nice and light and fluffy. So use your mixer 
you know, like medium speed and beat those things together until they're nice and light and fluffy. And then gradually beat in that flour and milk mixture. So you can take that pan that's cold and just kind of tip a little bit of it in at a time and beat it on high and just keep beating it in and it will get very nice and dense and fluffy. So you want to do that. Make sure your thickened milk is completely scraped out of the pan. Get it all in there and beat it on high and get it to where everything's blended. You can taste test it. It'll fluff up and form nice stiff peaks. It'll set up really well. You'll know your icing is done. Okay. Once your icing's done, you can cover that with plastic wrap while you're getting your cake ready to go. Because the cake, this is the fun part. And by fun, I mean the tricky part. So what you have to do, you have your cake out of the pan cooling on a rack, you know. So what you want to do is turn your cake top up. You could have done that also before when you turned it out of the pan, you could put the top up. Um, but it doesn't matter. I did it both ways. So you want to take and split that cake. So you're going to take a bread knife or if you have another very long knife and you're going to very carefully, this is how I did it. I put my hand on the top of the cake and I hung my middle finger over the edge, like halfway down the cake so I could kind of guide the tip of the knife, you know, and I was just like bumping it with my finger. I wasn't sawing into my finger with a knife. <laughs> so you're going to go long ways right down that cake. So you have two big, long pieces you're going to split it right in the middle and just very carefully saw down the cake once you get that done carefully tip the top half off or slide it off the way I did it I just kind of very carefully took the top and slid it over to another cooling rack but I didn't turn it over or anything then I took the bottom of the cake and I set it back in my cake pan okay so you set that bottom piece in there. Now get your frosting and just spread your frosting out all over that cake that you just set in there. And it should spread out. It's like the perfect amount of filling for one cake is what you just made. So spread that out on your cake nice and evenly. Now comes the fun part. This is where I broke the vanilla cake. I almost broke the banana cake. The chocolate cake went over like nothing. Very carefully, you can do one of two things. You can pick up the cooling rack, and I found this to be a little bit easier. Put the cooling rack like halfway across the cake pan long ways and just start sliding that cake off onto the icing. And once you, you know, work it along real careful, guide it with your hand, pull that cooling rack out very carefully and just plunk it down on the icing. Then you take your hands and just lightly press on the top of that cake so that you're compressing the filling just a little bit. But see, the reason I put it back in the cake pan was it didn't let all of the icing squirt out of the cake. It, it was very manageable. I put the cake on there and then I took a breather and a break and had a cup of coffee and relaxed for a minute because that was nerve wracking. <laughs> then what you want to do is cut your cake into 16 rectangles. So go long ways down the pan and make a cut down the middle and then a cut in the middle of each side. Now you have four rows and then start from the middle long ways or um, sideways and cut right across the middle and then split the middle again. Now you've got 16 little rectangle snack cakes and you can either leave them in your pan with a lid on your pan 
and eat them all like we did at my house. <laughs> or <laughs> that's not true. I actually wrapped a few. You, get, um, you just get a piece of plastic wrap and set them on plastic wrap and wrap them right up. And they stayed really good. So I took some to work and put them in my refrigerator at work. And I had got to have a snack cake every day like I was in fourth grade. <laughs> Um, I gave them out to everybody to sample and everybody liked them and they were really good. I can honestly say that I, I realized this is, and and really for the whole process of this, I want to say it took me like two and a half hours, but it wasn't like, you know, steady two and a half hours. But, you know, if you wanted to make snack cakes for something for a special treat for the family, or if you just, you know, want to do it, it's, it's a nice evening. It's a nice little evening job. They were very good, and you can also cut them into smaller pieces if you want them to be smaller for, you know, for a party or something. This would travel really well, cut it at home, cover it and take it, and that's what my sister-in-law used to do, and I can say, I just, it laughs to make me think about it, but my sister Marianne would bring this to picnics, and we would hit her like bees on sugar. Man, everybody, she'd come walking up with her thing and it'd be like an attack. Just instantly surrounded. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last long. But yeah, these are these are so good. And this, the, what I loved about doing this, what I really loved about doing this was there is something for everybody. If you don't like chocolate, you got banana or vanilla. If you don't like banana, you can make vanilla. If you don't like vanilla, you can make the devil's food. They're so good. There's something to please everybody. And I had to laugh because when I started doing this, all I could think about was we used to get banana flips from a bakery in town. And and I, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of banana, but this bakery in Newcastle used to make vanilla, chocolate, and banana flips. And then they made um, gobs also. But the people would go in and buy up all the vanilla and chocolate. You'd never get one. So, you know, if you were on your way to work and you stopped, I think it was DeRosa's that did it. I'm almost positive it was DeRosa's, but I might have the wrong bakery. I'd stop on my way to work when I was working afternoon turn, and you'd go in and all the school kids would have come in and got the good flavors. Should have a dumb banana flip. <laughs> Which was still good, you know, but, um, these were, these were so good. I actually enjoyed making this cause it was kind of a neat thing to do. The vanilla. I tasted, loved the vanilla. It, they tasted like the best Twinkie you ever had in your life is what they yeah, tasted like. I, they were really good. I don't like Twinkies, but I, I love vanilla cake and it was, it, they were so good. Yeah. And like I said, this recipe, which made me laugh. I could not find a recipe for devil dogs. I looked and looked and looked and I could not find a recipe. And I finally found one that somebody had up for Susie Q's. It was good and helpful, but not exactly what I was looking for. But the thing that made me laugh was I remember when I was a kid, how many people, people were always making cakes that they added a box of pudding to, which is probably why they came out with the cakes that say there's pudding in the mix. My mom used to make cakes with pudding, and there's also a type of an icing you can make with pudding and Dream Whip, which my mother also made all the time. Those were so popular. They had to be, like I said, promo recipes or something. And um, this this whole cake is so 60s to me. This just sums up the 60s. It's kind of homemade, but kind of not homemade. And it, and it was just a really nice trip down memory lane, I guess you'd say. <laughs> But these are good, and I, I will make these, uh, you know, I made, I actually have made uh, several of them in the past 
two months. So I'm sure I will continue to make them because I really enjoyed them. My husband enjoyed them and the whole family did. The whole family did. So I, I definitely think that you should try this recipe and I think you'll like it, especially with summer coming up and going to, you don't know what you want to take to a picnic or a party or something. It's a perfect thing to take. It's kind of neat too, because you don't need silverware. You know, you can just pick them up. They're little snack cakes. You can just pick them up and you know, it's a good thing. So I hope you like this recipe. I hope you try this recipe. And make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse on Twitter at Mobile Mary Mac and Mary Mac Podcast, and on our website, MaryMacPodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.